Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Scotty and I are going to preview the Stanley Cup final, as well as take a look at what defensemen on the free agent market could realistically land on the Red Wings. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a producer over at 97 on the ticket, while Scotty, is host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Scotty, how'd your uh, lacrosse weekend go, man? You know what? It was one of the busiest weekends uh, ever um, and was, <laughs> was was precedent there for a little bit. I was writing articles and uh, in the driver's seat of my car. It was um, parked, but, it, I mean, it was it was – I, I like uh, very, to imagine you driving around with the laptop <laughs> and just dry, steering with your knees as you man, like because uh, like earlier in the weekend there was a little bit of rain up there, so like I, I and then there's just like no place for for like media to sit down and tie unless I just want to do it in the stands, which like I didn't really want to. So yeah, I was writing articles in my car and then like turning them in right before the next games would start. Was running around. It was very very busy, but uh, I I I do. Um, I love what I do, but it, it was uh, it's 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 busy and chaotic. But um, I, I yeah, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't change this industry for the world. It was uh, it was it was very very cool. Very a lot of cool coaches, a lot of really cool kids. It was um, fun to talk to everybody. Fun to watch. You know, kids' dreams come true. It was it was super cool. Well, and there you go. I mean, if you guys want to check out some of Scotty's work, make sure you go head over to DetroitNews.com. Uh, where you can see his articles. And I'm sure yeah. he, he is a writer, so I'm sure it is very, very strong. I have uh, no I doubt. Fact. There we go. I, I, I know it. you're trying to find the banner. Yeah, I right found now. it. Yeah. I was just filling time, so I found yeah, it. Yeah, no, I uh, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did Boys and Girls Lacrosse uh, for the spring, and then uh, Boys Hockey is probably like the biggest. Um, the big, That was a, yeah, that was, we don't have to talk about my job for the whole time, but that was a, a very big and, and cool thing too, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good weekend, man. Uh, over here at Lockdown Red Wings, we had Jake Rivard on on Friday. Uh, he gave yeah. us a little bit of a retrospective. Jake's the man. I, that's He's like, man. I, I was really, I was really, um, I had to do what I had to do, but I was really upset that I had to miss that because yeah. Jake Rivard's the man. Yeah, and he, uh, he basically said in the end, the decision he was going to go was Eisman was going to continue to preach patience, uh, which is basically the middle route to what he had suggested is that the team's just going to kind of maybe get a piece here or there, but overall just kind of do sure. And we've talked about that. And it's it, it makes sense. It's the most realistic option for the Detroit Red Wings this season. So we'll talk about that in the second and third segment as to who the Detroit Red Wings are going to get on the free agent market or who we think they could go after on the free agent market for the defense. We kind of pre- previewed it on uh, Thursday's episode last week. But I do got to tell you guys, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Um, first segment here, though. We do kind of want to talk about the Stanley Cup final. The matchup is set, and it's going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning for the third straight year uh, in the Stanley Cup final, Boo. facing off against the Colorado Avalanche. And this is like I, someone, I saw some. <laughs> I, I saw somebody on Twitter say it best, though, Scotty. It's that 
this is the matchup like people say all year is going to be in the Stanley Cup final, but like never seems to actually happen. You know how playoffs work and it's everyone's bracket always says it's going to be the lightning versus the avalanche or this year was probably the Panthers sprinkled in there plenty, but like it actually happened. Like the two best teams made it to the Stanley cup final. And it's just like, Oh, I mean, it's kind of exciting that Colorado's there, but there's definitely a, a huge amount of Tampa Bay lightning fatigue. Although I'm not really on that train necessarily. I've always liked the Tampa Bay lightning before, before we were in the Eastern conference, before the Red Wings were in the Eastern, Eastern conference, they were my Eastern conference team. Cause Eisman was general manager. So like knowing that that's the team that Eisman still mostly built, you know, the coach, the assistant coach, Lalonde, who's a candidate to be head coach if you go to betonline.net. Um, like, these, this core is still very much Steve Eiserman's core. So the aspect, the idea that a, a Steve Eiserman-built team could win a third straight Stanley Cup is still kind of exciting, even though I know and I understand that, yeah, people are tired of it. Yeah, I, I, I'm rooting for, uh, like, a Comet to hit the arena that's that's what i'm rooting for in this series this is i mean golly i'm so tired of the lightning uh and, and you're not gonna catch me rooting for the abs like it, it just just brutal like and the thing is i think the most messed up part about that mindset where like i really don't want either of these two teams to win is i think it's going to be a fantastic series like i i really do i i think that it uh, I I would not be surprised at all if it went seven. I think it at least probably goes six. Like I I really do think that this. Oh, this is go, it's definitely be, going uh, the distance. Yeah, I I think that this is going to be a, a fantastic series, um, but I, I don't want either of them to win. Well, I'm if you, very tired of one and when probably never going to root for the other. They're they're both such complete teams. I mean, the Colorado Avalanche is so Cal Cal McCarr for Colorado is leading the postseason for the Avalanche in points with 22 points in 14 games played. That's a defenseman, guys. A defenseman who basically plays like a you know, yeah. a you know, a dangler, a, pa, a, a, a elite for forward. Real. Whatever for the real. adjective I'm trying to find here is. Then you got Nathan McKinnon with 18 points in 14 games played. You had Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, of course, up and down. Nazem Kadri, they unfortunately lost thanks to the hit to, from Evander Kane. But, you know, he's, even though people are saying he's out, he he's posted on social media, is like, we'll see. You know, he thinks he's going to come back. Yeah. These two teams are so well-rounded that the only question mark, the only reason I think that the Tampa Bay Lightning will probably, even though I think I am rooting for Colorado just to have somebody new in the Stanley Cup, even though I think the reason I think Tampa Bay Lightning will probably three-peat here is just, one experience and two goaltending. I mean, goaltending is the biggest question mark the Colorado Avalanche have right now. Not that their goaltending has been bad. I'm not trying to say that, but you know, with Darcy Kemper getting hurt and Pavel Francois, who's been good or Francois, whoever it is taking over. I mean, that, that is a little bit of a step that step down because Darcy Kemper was playing phenomenal for the Avalanche before that injury. And then you look at who the lightning have in net and multiple time Besna winner, Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it seems like that's that, that experience and that goaltending is going to be the edge because they both have a very deep defense and they both have very deep offense. So it's going to come down to goaltending and experience, I think. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, if it, if it comes down to experience, especially like then we're going to see a, a three-peat happen. But uh, I, I also think that who is the best player on the ice for either team? The best player for, I mean, that's going to be, I, I, 
for Avalanche, it's tough. It's either McKinnon or McCarr. Who's McKinnon, the best player on the ice in the series? Both teams combined. Who, 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 which team has the best player? I got to say the Avalanche with, I agree with, with McKinnon. That. I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. Okay. So in my eyes, these are both two really deep teams. Uh, some people think that there's fatigue happening with the lightning. I mean, they still made it to the Stanley cup. Like uh, clearly it hasn't affected them too much, but I guess they do have, you know, four to seven more games left. Um, I, I think that at the end of the day, if it, maybe it comes down to just who has the best player on the ice and that's going to be the abs. I'm, yeah. I'm, if I had to pick a team that I, to root for, I, I guess I would pick the abs, but I'm not going to be rooting for either. I'm just, I, I enjoy good hockey. And I think that this series is going to, uh, to, to provide quite a lot of really good hockey. So it's just, yeah, I think McKinnon is the best player on the ice, but it's not as if the lightning. And I know you weren't saying that I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but like, that that is such a small separation. I feel like with between these two teams. Oh, I mean, the sure. Lightning have he, Victor Hedman on the back end. They have Stamkos, Kucherov, Braden Point all on the front, and then it's just in that the Andre Vasilevsky. So yeah, the Avalanche probably have the best overall player, but the Stam, Stamkos and the Lightning have their own set of elite weapons. And Stamkos, sure. but to his own credit, you know, in his like what what age year is man? What a career. By the way, I mean, golly, like, like, age has 32 around, years and probably has, having his best year. Yeah. And, and it feels like he's been around for like 20 years, but he's only 32. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's and, and like he's dealt with injuries and missed time and like came back and, and just what a what a career. And, and for a little while, people were like, oh, like he's got a, you know, before this three beat started, they were like, we got to give, you know, we, we got to get back to the cup. Like we got to win a ring. Uh, as like Stamkos continues to get older and and you know now they've three peated or almost they've like back to back currently but he they, had 106 points in his age 32 year and I think that may have been if his first time in his career hitting 100 points because like you said he's been hampered his entire career through en- injuries he was the first overall pick in 2008 yeah. and it's not like he never had the weapons he, he always had the weapons. Chow? It was 2012, I think. He was really young. He was like yeah. one of the younger like players to ever be on the coverage show. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was 11 or 12. Yeah, I think because I, I had that one. But that I had that one too. Um, but yeah, this it's gonna Just be unbelievable career, man. It's gonna be an unbelievable season as well. I'm I'm really pumped to see and watch the series because you know the it pace is the gonna first be time that he ever hit 100 points. By the way, he had nine. He's hit 98 and 18, 19. 97 and 11, 12, 91 and 10, 11. Golly, man. This dude, that's why it feels like he's been around forever. He played 80 games at 18. And yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, and like at 19 years old, he was a 50 goal scorer. I mean, at Lucas. 19, he was a 50 goal scorer at 19 years old. Yeah, but could he reverse Nine. it? People like Moritz Sider? Absolutely not. So more Sider's better. All right. Hey, he uh, got did, ninth in the Calder. What a bump. How did you get ninth in the Calder? Whatever. His Calder season, he had 23 goals and 23 assists, and he got ninth. Who was it? We got, okay. Right, we, yeah, we, while I read this ad read. We're going to break, and we're going to the Calder voting for that year. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Look it up while we're I'm reading this. Um, our next partner has a product you got to use literally every day. You got to start taking AG1 because it is the best way of getting all your high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food for superfoods. 
probi- I nailed it. You did. I didn't even think about it. I just you nailed did. it. Uh, probiotics and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while tasting good. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost them $100 a day. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in your cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up your daily nutritional insurance. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast, and you have a look on your face, Dude, Scotty. there is some awards this year. Holy cow, man. This The award voting in, in, in 08-09 is fascinating. Fascinating. It's so, the year the Wings lost in seven games of the Penguins. Not the Rupsal Moon. Sorry, guys. So, first off, the 08-09 Hart Trophy. Uh, Ov won it. Datsuk was third and received first place votes for the heart that year. Hell yeah, that, let's go. That's super cool. He had 97 points, 32 goals, 65 assists. Ovechkin put up a 50-50 season though, so that'll do that. That'll that, do good that. for you know what? That that was prime Datsuk, and prime Datsuk was something to behold, man. It was also Malkin almost had an 80 assist season and got second. 80 that's- assist. Almost. He had 78 assists and 35 goals. That's yeah. Disgusting. Malcolm That's did. Disgusting. So those those are your top three for the heart that year. Yeah. Now, here's where it gets fascinating. Fourth place for the heart trophy is Steve Mason, goaltender for Columbus. Fourth for the heart. <laughs> okay. Fourth for the heart. And here's where it gets crazier. Fourth for the heart as a rookie because he won the Calder. Almost unanimously, Bobby Ryan got nine votes. Ah, uh, Bobby Ryan. Uh, Blake Wheeler got a first place vote, and Chris Versteeg got a first place vote. Chris besides, Versteeg. and besides that, all the other 121 first place votes all went to Steve Mason, who was the goalie, the starting goalie on the 0809 Blue Jackets, who had 92 points, which was fourth in the Central that year. But still, 92 points uh, for a 20-year-old rookie goalie. Now, Steve, the rest of Steve Mason's career, as if you don't recall, um, he was runner-up for Vesna somehow. I'm not sure how that's possible this year. He was fourth for the heart, but second for Vesna. And one um, Calder. And, and one Calder. Who won the Vesna then? This is so wild. We're going this down year's- a rabbit hole. This year's voting is so crazy. Um, so he he does that, right? He had 10 shutouts in Pretty 61 good. games. That's damn good. That is remarkable. He had a 916 save percentage. Uh, his career save percentage would be uh, 911, 
he would not make an all-star team. He fell off pretty quickly after that, I guess is my point. Barely had a 900 save percentage the next three, th- two years. Had below 900 the year after that. Got traded to Philly, which is where I remember him from. Yeah, that's uh, where I remember him from too. Him and him and Bob for a little bit there. Uh, and and he had he was a decent, you know, got Vezina votes one year in the rest of his career. He was decent for Philly, uh, around a nine nine eighteen career save percentage as a flyer in five years. That's pretty damn solid. He, he was a solid goaltender, but never. I don't think ever lived up to being a top five heart finisher as a 20 year old rookie uh, and almost winning the Calder unanimously. I'm not sure he really lived up to, uh, to, to those expectations, but it's just fascinating. That's a name I haven't seen probably since he left Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, I, I completely forgot about him until you brought that and up. The fact that he was fourth, I think Tim Thomas won the Vesna this year, by the way. Oh, that would, I yeah, he did. Yeah. I forgot that he came out of nowhere in like his late thirties is like a yeah Michigan goalie. born by the way Tim yeah. Thomas the dog um, um so yeah that is there you go so Bobby all those people ahead of him now that we're you know almost two segments into the show <laughs> uh but I I don't know this is fun I like going down rabbit holes like that yeah no 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 problem with it um do you want to get into our defensive free agents though because yeah, I do have a I do have a, a couple that I like yeah there's a handful of guys um there's one Stevie reclamation project. Uh, I teased it. I kind of talked about it briefly with Jake on Thursday, but I wanted to throw it at you and see what you said, thought, um, as, as well as a couple other guys. I think the first guy we got to talk about, though, is John Klingberg. Uh, he's a free agent from the Dallas Stars. I believe he is 28 years old this season coming up here. And um, I was really high on him earlier in the season because, you know, he has he's got great offensive capabilities as a defenseman and, Red Wings just couldn't score goals. But mm. the big thing that the Red Wings struggled on was stopping goals getting scored on them. And yeah, I've really soured on the idea of John Klingberg. He's probably the biggest defensive free agent, defenseman free agent this offseason. You know, Chris Letang and PK Subban obviously are, are well known right, we names, but Klingberg yeah. being 28 is probably the guy who's going to get paid the highest. And the more I looked into his, his stats, the less I loved about him. He is. He's incredibly offensively talented. Like he can definitely score points and gather, um, get goals and set up teammates. And he's very good at zone entries, but he's a glass cannon. If he doesn't skip the ice and score, he's not helping defensively whatsoever. He's a major defensive liability for sure. Um, in the 74 games played, he had 47 points. He only had six goals, but he had a multitude of assists. He had, let me see if I can do the quick math in my head here. Cause they separate assist primaries and secondaries. He had 41 assists, so that counted for most of his points in this uh, this season. And then his relative to his teammates, he was a negative 0.14 expected goals for percentage. And then the overall on that Dallas Stars team, he was a 50.37. So he was a positive asset overall when he was on the ice, but relative to the teammates he played with, he was a negative asset. So that would lead you to believe that he was a positive asset just because the Dallas Stars team was a pretty good team. So right. I don't know. I've I've really soured on him. I also looked up his uh I've also looked up his player card and his expected goals above replacement is like four, but his expected goals above replacement against EV defense was like negative seven. Yeah. So the offense that he 
produces is clearly outweighed by his defensive liabilities. And I just, his defense is second percentile. That's the best way. He's 80th percentile offensively as a defenseman. Second. But second percentile defensively. Like, there's just no defense with John Klingberg. And that's the thing that this team needs the most. So I don't want to give, especially with this, where this team's at, I don't want to give $8 million a year to a John Klingberg. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, 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 I completely agree with that. It, this is, I don't know, man. Like, it's really not a super strong defensive free agent class. No, it's not. And actually, I talked a little bit with Jake Rivard about that. Um, overall, it's not that great of a free agent class this year. Correct. But defensively, especially, it's kind of lackluster, yeah. which I think plays into the, the Red Wings' favor a little bit <clears throat> um, because it's going to be another year where you assign a couple of guys you hope will work out. And if they don't, like, it's no big deal. They're not going to make – I don't I, – I've got – the more and more I talk to people, the more and more I, I, I become convinced that this is just going to be another offseason where the Red Wings just don't really commit. Well, there's no commit to anyone. There, there, <laughs> smooth. There's no, uh, there's no one really, especially on, uh, uh, you know, that we've covered so far in this entire series that we've started. That's really worth committing to long term out there in the free agent market. I mean, yeah, I, what you you want to bring in a, a thirty eight year old Johnny Boychuk? Like I, I don't know, man. Like I, there, there's just. Like some of the best defensemen in this class are are literally dudes like like Nick Letty is in like the top and we've seen Nick six Letty. or seven, may, like eight defenders he, in this class. Like that's that's you know that we, we just had him and that, we that, already that know help anything. He's got the same problems that John Klingberg did, albeit a little bit more mild, like a little bit more mild. But he's another offensive defenseman, sure. and he's not necessarily great in his own end. Yeah. So I, I want to get barely any defenseman like under the age of like 33 in this. Yeah. Class too, but that's what really made it tough. That's a different thing. Um, well, I guess the same thing. Yeah. It made it really tough trying to find out who I would want on the Red Wings. Yeah. Um, which it's really, me... I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be another year of some, some one year kind of hitters, just a couple reclamation see. projects. Yeah. Just to, you know, maybe play solid D for a year, maybe be good and flip at the deadline. Maybe, like you said, reclamation projects. I think it's going to be another one of those off seasons for the defensive end, at least. Um, I want to get one of the guys you want, but first I got to talk to the people about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's bas- ba- basketball basketball nice. championship Great matchup. <laughs> Thank you, NHL hockey. Well, it's now it's the Stanley Cup final, Major League Baseball, and of course the latest fighting news from MMA, UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. <laughs> Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're talking about defensive free agents that we could possibly want. You know what's funny is we haven't listed a single defenseman yet that we wanted. And the two episodes we've talked about free agents, I mean, it's every tough, defenseman we don't man. want. Is there anyone you do want? Anyone that does interest you? I'll be honest. There's nobody that jumps off the page to me. Is there anybody to you? I mean, like, I, I have a couple of guys in mind that, like, I wouldn't mind kicking the tires on for sure. I, I mean, but I, I don't think there's anyone... Like, if Josh Manson hits the market, that wouldn't be one that I'd be, like, totally opposed to. Uh, yeah, but, so- again, I, I, you know, I mean, he's he's on the younger end for this class. Um, was traded midseason, obviously, to, to Colorado. Like, I, I don't know. that That's 
uh, a guy that can bring some experience, can be a decent, whatever, top four defenseman if you need him to be. I, I, but again, that, that's like a, that's like a one year, maybe two year type of, of carryover thing. I, I don't know if I really see that as like a, you know, long-term option, I guess. And I'm not sure there is one out there, I guess is my point. Full disclosure, I missed the name you said. What was the player? Josh Manson. Oh, Josh Manson. Yeah, I, I looked at him too, and I, I just wasn't impressed. He he has, Yeah, I mean, same, right? <laughs> he, he In his 22 games with the Colorado Avalanche this season, he had an expected goals 4 percentage of 44, and that's a stacked team. So yeah. if you can't have an over rough. 50%, really yeah, rough. you want to look relative. I mean, relative to the teammates he was playing with. That team. Oh, that's got to be. He was a minus 0.68. That's, yeah, that's got to be tough. <laughs> I, I'd rather not take a flyer on him. Um, my, my reclamation project guy, I want to see the Red Wings take a flyer on. Um, and I, I mentioned it with Jake on Friday is Sebastian Ajo of the New York Islanders. Ajo, the yeah, other, that's a good one. That's the really other Ajo. Uh, he is a G6 UFA, which, uh, of course, I, I told you what that meant the other day as well. He uh, did not play enough games at the NHL level by the age 26 season, I think it is. And so he becomes a UFA, which is why it's a G6 UFA. It's, it's like a different category. But he's yeah, a free yeah. agent now. And he made a $750,000 last year. Um, he's not great. I'm not going to say he is. He was a relative to his teammates in Long Isle. He was a negative .58 expected goals for percentage. So he, the team was worse when he was on the ice. And I'm not going to deny that. But, you know, at his age, 26 years old, I mean – you can get him for cheap. You could fill a depth role, and maybe, maybe he's a guy that you can get something out of. Maybe a change of scenery will do something nice because he was, you know, wasn't like a highly, highly touted player, but he had a higher ceiling than what and a higher floor than what we've seen out of New York. At least we thought we he had a higher floor than what we've seen out of New York. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like that one a lot. I think Nikita Zadorov kind of fills that a little bit too. That's a former first round pick. Uh, top, I think he, uh, no, I don't think he was a lottery pick. Actually, I think he went just outside the top 15, but, um, I, I mean, logged uh, some decent years in Colorado, just played for Calgary this past season. Um, had like almost 20 assists. I think he was getting, uh, some second and some third line defensive minutes. So like, I, you know, as, as far as, like you said, reclamation, maybe, I mean, he's still only 27, if that's a, a guy who's going to hit the market that you can possibly steal, like that's just had, like I said, just had a really good experience with a really good Calgary team. Um, I, I think that that might be someone that falls under that same umbrella. He is absolutely, he's actually the guy that popped off the page the most. Nikita Zadorov's the guy that I want the Red Wings to sign the most. If he becomes available, the problem is, is Calgary, you know, obviously they have to go out and sign Johnny Goudreau. But for sure. right now they have a projected cap space of twenty six million, and I think Zadorov's a guy that they're going to want to lock up for you know a few years to come because he did have a pretty good season. He had, like you said, twenty two points in seventy four games yeah. paint, played. Not not a incredibly productive season, but he was one of the best defensive defensemen on that team this year. Point zero eight um, expected goals for relative to his teammates. He he's he is a solid player and going to be a free agent coming up here. So I. Outside of him, if he do- I mean, if he doesn't get signed, absolutely go after Nikita Zadorov. For sure. But then there's also Eric uh, Goodbranson, who is 30 years old, so he's on the wrong side of 30. I get it. But if you're looking for a player that you can sign, uh, cheap, 30 is still. I mean, 
again it's compared to the rest of this class too like 30 is pretty damn young yeah yeah i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna look at 30 years old and be like oh that's too much because we have to make concessions we have to realize it we're well, not gonna get every UFA under two eh? yeah I mean, he only made 1.9 million so he's another guy i just yeah. i think he's definitely in the realm of possibility because they're gonna with the johnny goudreau extension if they want to extend him they're gonna have to let somebody walk for and sure. uh, I, I'd be a okay taking a flyer on a Eric Goodbranson. He wasn't the best, well, especially um, like, yeah, for sure, for sure. You, yeah, like you gotta also goals, talk but... about you know the, their the possibility. You know when when players walk like that is he they those players would be one of the more prominent defensemen in our organization immediately. That's exactly, yes. and they are like depth ish. Not you know not not disrespectfully, but like. Like some of those guys aren't even top four defensemen on the teams that they're currently on. So you like, look at Eric Goodbranson and you know what he did. He was a negative 0.17 relative to his teammates in Calgary. He comes to a Detroit. He's a positive asset. So yeah. just because somebody relative to their teammates isn't good, doesn't mean they're not a good player. It just means that they could have been playing with incredibly talented players. It's like when we were looking at, um, when we were looking at the Colorado avalanche just now with Josh Manson, I mean, Manson was a positive asset with the, uh, Anaheim Ducks, and then relative to his teammates in Colorado, he was just outclassed because his yeah. teammates in Colorado were insane. He was just, it, it's just, it really value. It really also depends on the team you're playing on. And that's not an excuse. You shouldn't be like settling for players who can't make it on good teams just because no, your for team's sure. bad and he'll for be sure. better. But, but if I'm, you're going to have this type of an off season again, those are the guys you go after. And you maybe you just, sometimes you have to, it's, it's really tough to say, cause I'm not in love with any of these. It, like we said, it's just, Weak, it's a weak class, and you're just going to end up probably preaching patience and just trying to fill holes while making steps to be better. But there's no one in this defensive class that you're going to want to be like, this is the defenseman for this team going forward. It's this team, this defense Correct. isn't one player away from being a Stanley Cup contender. This defense needs five other defensemen because Correct. none of the other five outside of Moritz Sider were, <laughs> let's be honest, really any good this out, this past season. Yeah, especially on the defensive moments, end. Yeah. But can you name another defenseman who was consistently good? Yeah, not defensively, no. Yeah. And Certainly so not. it's unfortunately a kind of a rough defensive class, but you got to make do with that and try to improve but, nonetheless. I mean, I, think I, about it. Like you, and, and I don't want this to be like all, you know, doom and gloom either. Like we can end on a positive note. You, you're bringing back Moritz Sider, obviously. And the presumption is you are bringing up Simon Edvinson. Yeah. More so you, like you have, you have two guys under the age of 22 that are going to head your defense. And then on top of those two guys, right. Then you bring in, uh, a Zadarov or, or whatever, and you you add in more young-ish, you know, thir- age 30 around or younger, you bring in more, like, youngish talent or dudes hitting their prime that were on really good teams last year. You bring in, you know, two of those guys, and then you can fill the third line or, or however you want to mismatch it, mix and match it, rather. However you want to do that, you know, the, the last two spots can go to, whatever young talent in your organization RFAs that you bring back this year, et cetera. And, and you know, while, while it's not going to be the the best defense in the NHL, uh, I, I'd still think that that's a step in the right direction. It's still a youth movement going forward. And uh, it, there is still a high ceiling within it. it. It's just picking the right guys in free agency and, and, you know, maybe having to wait one more year until we, uh, we really make a, a, a big, big splash. 
so going back to Nikita Zadorov though, because he he really is the one defenseman in this free agent class that I'm kind of like sticking to. It'd be like he would be a positive asset on this For Red sure. Wings team. Yeah, I like it a lot. O- overall, his expected goals above replacement percentile was not great. He was the 20, 25th percentile. Not great. For and sure. admit it, they can admit that. But if you look at if you break it down a little bit more, he kind of got unlucky and just had a penchant for taking bad penalties. He took a lot of bad penalties. He did. He, he was a negative two in that category. The worst thing he was. Goodness. Yeah, not great. But he his expected goals above replacement defensively was expected to be a positive four. Realistically, it was about a three. So he was playing good enough defense to ex- have expected saved about four goals. Now, his expected goals above replacement for even strength offense was about one. So based on how he was playing, he should have provided an extra goal of offense above a replacement level player. In reality, it was about a minus one and a half, which means that he just didn't have finishing ability or got unlucky. So if you look at his expected goals above replacement, even strength offense, even strength defense. He was a positive asset in both regards. He's definitely more of a defensive defenseman. In fact, he was in the 70th, 70th percentile amongst just defense and uh, goes above replacement. But we'll he, gladly take that. We need a defensive need defenseman. defensive defenseman, right? And like if they don't get Nikita Zadorov, I'm not going to like cry about it. But it's just like if I'm looking at any defenseman from this class that I want, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of hitching my horse to Nikita Zadorov train right now. Yeah, I like it a lot. Not that there's like, again, it's just... Most classes, it wouldn't be the case. Nikita Zadorov wouldn't be my guy. I'm going to. That's a testament to, to, yeah, how not great this defensive class is. I love uh, evolving hockey. Yeah, it's great. It's it's pretty. Let me look up Eric Branson real quick. I know we got to end things, but I'm just really curious. He's a hockey player. He uh, he's actually pretty good. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Let's see if I can share the screen a little bit here. Uh, See if. Pop that bad boy back up there. Yeah, so like, not a negative asset whatsoever. I'll take a yeah, Eric Branson. Certainly Thanks. not. So certainly you know, not. it relative to his teammates might not. It doesn't tell the whole story. He's a positive asset both offensively and defensively, albeit just barely. Kind of like a Gustav Lindstrom type for the Detroit Red Wings. Good Branson, obviously being better than Lindstrom, but Lindstrom being way younger. But just like being one of those guys who's a hair better than replacement level, I'll take that. I'll take that right now, which is a testament to how low our expectations are too right now. Like we just, our defense is so bad that we just want someone who's a little bit better than average. Correct. Yeah. And, and like, again, like we're he's, he's 52% percentile overall. That's literally just a little bit better than average. Right. And, and we know that this isn't an off season where we can get like a long-term big splash, you know, like top end defenseman and free agency. So this is the kind of off season we're looking for. And, and again, I, I don't want to make it, sound like this is like a huge negative thing like we can take huge strides forward uh with the defensive unit i mean it's it's going to be hard to take a step backwards so uh, well, this is it's very possible to still make good moves it just might not be like the super big and flashy moves that that maybe uh some people want because it's literally not possible there's literally no one out there to do so with it's not like you know we don't have the the money or, or the guts or whatever like it's just it's not really in the cards on the defensive side of the puck at least I completely agree with you. And, and it, you know, we might be a little bit doom and gloom looking at it here now, but just exactly as you said, you know, there's definitely ways to make this team form. You got to also remember, we're only talking about free agency. You got to also remember Steve Eisman yeah. could go out there and make a trade. And he did it last season. He made two big trades, yeah. one of which panned out, one of which, you know, you recouped your second round pick. It's all good in the end. But 
that's probably in the mix too. Eiserman's going to be wheeling and dealing and just, and so the free agency pool is not the end all be all for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, that's a good ending spot. I think, uh, thanks for making lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen Bet online. I had, I, you got me. <laughs> you, you boomed me. Absolutely. got me. Uh, now make your second listen lockdown NHL lockdown NHL covers playoffs like no other Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Special guest tomorrow. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Scotty, any final thoughts? Uh, we ball. Do you know what LARPing is now? I do now. I had literally had to Google it. I'm not kidding. Oh, okay. You're making me feel old. Uh, same time. I think you're just a nerd. I, that is true. Same place. <laughs> it's your team. Every day. Every day. Very true.